In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For a multitude of reasons, God obviously had in store for us to have a very small, intimate evening. Well, we had a pretty good number signed up, but then this afternoon, besides COVID, so that's just kind of there in the background, of course, then we have the ice and the snow, and my phone starts ding, ding, ding. Uh, as people, many people in this parish travel, uh, 30 minutes or so, and so there's a lot of roads and valleys, etc., to go through. So, luckily, this theme of our smallness, in a sense, of the way in which we stand before the world and feel a little maybe battered, torn after a long year, that we, in a great feast of our Lord, have a vigil which I remember last year, it was, it was, I'll use the word, very liturgical word, bananas, as in we were just overflowing. And afterwards we had an incredible gathering of singing and uh, the talents of all sorts of folks in the church playing instruments and everything. And it was a very raucous, joyous time. And this evening we're in a very different place. Very quiet. Uh, our, our choir is not busting at the seams with like 30 or 40 people. We have <laughs> four or five voices, maybe six. Uh, and we've even cut the vigil. It may not seem like that because some of these services always feel like a little bit more, but we don't, didn't even do matins this evening. And we look out and we'll go home, we'll make the radio, television, maybe it's YouTube or Instagram or something, and we'll be plunged right back into all of the, I'll say, loud voices in the world. The gospel reading, one of the gospel readings for the Royal Hours, and that relates to us, the Nativity of our Lord, uh, is picked up in the hymnody later during Vespers, the Vesperal Liturgy that we served earlier today. And the hymn goes like this. It takes a theme from the Gospel of Luke. When Augustus reigned alone upon earth, the many kingdoms of men came to an end. What we find in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke is Augustus decides that he needs to register everyone. And what would a king and emperor, why would he want to register everyone? Yeah, taxes. To tax them. A great tax man. Uh, what is it? Death and taxes? <laughs> so we have at the very beginning of our Lord's entrance into the world, the great power, Augustus Caesar. Of, and Israel, God's people, has seen Augustus before. What do I mean? They've seen the Hittites. They've seen the Babylonians. They've even lived with them before. They've seen the Persians, and the Persians will continue to exist and kind of from that area create a constant flux and stress upon the Romans. But you have Augustus Caesar who is, as the hymn says, he's kind of at the height of power. 
And what does a man in power want? He wants not only control, he wants to figure everything out, right? He wants to register, make sure he's got a complete index of those who owe him. And we can see already great themes. The world looks to someone like an Augustus Caesar, or as we go through time, we ourselves in the body of Christ have seen many Augusti, Augustuses come and go, desiring control, desiring to register, figure out, uh, to index, to make sure that they've not accounted for everyone like it's a ship going down, but accounted for everyone because they want to make sure they can control, that they can gain power, and if not direct power, money, prestige, glory. As, as the Apostle John tells us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The empire has to have control, has to have power, for how else could it exist as an empire? Today we celebrate a young woman who has said yes to God and carries within her womb God. One who is to be born in a cave, not in a palace, to be born in, as the hymnody also picked up during the royal hours, in a very out of the place in Bethlehem. That is, the prophet Micah talks about uh, Bethlehem and the thousands that could have been. Basically, there's all these thousands around you, Bethlehem, but it was you, the one that no one took note of. That our Lord came into this backwater of Israel, and as it goes for centuries after that, before basically paganism fell apart, this was the great critique also of Christianity. You go to the great critic of Christianity, Celsus, he just is completely flabbergasted. So you're telling me the God of everything came and was born of a woman that nobody's ever heard of in a place that nobody could care for, that has just been traded back and forth between the empires. For him, this pagan, this made absolutely no sense. And in fact, it was something not only to poke at, but even to make fun of. But it is our Lord who shows us and submits in his humility, in his extreme humility, that we'll see pattern throughout the rest of the feasts that we celebrate. But we see here in his very entrance into the world, the extreme humility that we will celebrate again at Theophany, that we'll actually see even before Theophany in the circumcision of our Lord on the first. That we'll see in Theophany that he will deign to be baptized by his creature, or his cousin, John. That our Lord will also stand silently, patiently praying as he goes through his own passion and his, his life-giving death on the cross. That our Lord shows us then, as we come to this great feast, uh, all of creation sings for him. 
And it's not because Augustus, like Augustus, who would probably love for all of creation to sing his glory, and probably have his own band, who would sing his glory at his command. But that power, that empty, naked, raw power that he could wield, ultimately was nothing. For our Lord, when he came submitting himself to the complete fragility, innocence of being a baby, all of creation sang his glory. The angels trumpeted. For our God is a God who chooses the small, the insignificant, the humble, the meek, the lowly, as Paul says, the refuse, the trash of the world, to work his salvation, to show his glory, because it is a glory that will last forever. For as Augustus is probably, for many of us, we remember Augustus Caesar maybe because of, the, of other things with Caesars, but we probably mostly remember him just like we remember Pilate. Nobody would know who Pilate was without Jesus. Nobody would know who so many, but we know and are known by our Lord, even as we hunker down as snow falls or starts to freeze on us, that it is God who, in his humility, submits himself to us for our salvation, who becomes an innocent child, who shows us the path to salvation, that if we desire real power, and not power for the sake of lording anyone over anyone, but the power to actually create things that last for eternity. The relations and love that we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and those that we try to forge as much as possible with the world, as much as they are able to accept and bear it. May God give us the grace in the quiet of our hearts, and to seek his humility, to seek his meekness, so that we may glory in his birth and in our second birth in the world to come. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.